During Robert Brogdon's Olathe Buick GMC clearance event, save up to 20% on new models like the 2023 Buick Encore GX or GMC Sierra 1500. View their huge inventory at robertbrogdon.com and find your perfect match. The show that takes you home. The Homestretch with Sterling Holmes on ESPN Kansas City. 1510 AM, 94.5 FM, and the ESPN Kansas City Facebook page. Welcome to the home stretch, ESPN Kansas City, 1510 AM, 94.5 FM, 1510.com, and Facebook Live. Live in studio on a, I'll say this, beautiful for, for February. Beautiful for February 7th as we inch closer slowly to the Super Bowl. Dylan Michaels behind the glass, and I'll tell you what, Dylan, it's only Tuesday, and I'm already fed up with the hot takes. I'm already annoyed. I don't know if I can make it till Sunday. I don't know if I can do it. I'm trying so hard to not scream and yell at these hot take artists who are trying everything possible to be relevant, to throw something into the void. I won't retweet them. I won't quote tweet it. I probably am not going to comment because I don't want them to have the satisfaction. Do you feel the same way, Dylan? Because I'm already angry. And I shouldn't be angry. But when you see a dude who looks like he's down there on Radio Row interviewing folk and saying, well, if the Eagles win, how do you take Patrick Mahomes instead of Jalen Hurts if you're starting to draft? What? Are you taking Andrew Wiley over Lane Johnson now? Oh, yeah, I forgot. The Chiefs win. You're totally taking Justin Watson over A.J. Brown. I mean, what are we doing here? Uh, making a name for yourself, it seems like that's really all you can be doing. Making an ass of yourself. I, I just don't get it. And, and well, maybe you I, can do that. And I guess I'm feeding into it because I'm acknowledging it, but I'm not going to say who it is. I'm not going to retweet it. I'm not going to give th- that person the satisfaction of apparently, I would assume, spending time, money, effort to go to Radio Row and come up with some idiotic take. Like, I don't get how that's enjoyable for anyone. I'm just taken aback. I don't know who would who would do that. It's asinine. I love the word asinine, by the way, if you can't tell. Yeah. Well, again, just making a name for yourself on Radio Row. You can do that famously or infamously, and this is the route that this— I don't even know that this existed. This, see, ignorance is bliss because I just haven't really paid attention that deeply. So, yeah, you should definitely come into the waters I'm in. Yeah, I need to join you. I just yeah. need to get off Twitter. Because it will make you go insane because we're only at Tuesday. We're only Tuesday. And we have until Sunday. It's the only game people have to talk about. And eventually it's going to swing because it seems like everyone's on the Eagles and I feel like everyone's going to eventually talk themselves into maybe a split or maybe some people picking the Chiefs, but it just seems like everyone's on the Eagles. It, it, it feels 50-50 to me. I, I'm not going to lie. I don't think the Chiefs There's are like these. There's like 70%, like 76% of the money is on Philly. And that's wild for gambling, and they haven't changed the lines to even yet. Pick them, 
Isn't it still one and a half? Philly? Yeah. Let me say this. Same thing happened early on when it was Bengals-Chiefs. What happened? The Sharps waited. The big-time money, the smart gamblers, they're waiting. There was a point where you could get the Chiefs at plus three and a half, if I recall. Against the Bengals? No, against Against the the Eagles. Eagles. I'm, I'm saying the Super Bowl. At first, because at first it was like oh, one yeah. and one. That was it. Was very and that then was it went to three and a half directly and a half. following the Chiefs' win, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Yeah. So it's already kind of come back a little bit. I I don't see this being anything other than a pick'em game when kickoff happens. I don't think the Chiefs are being disrespected right now. No one's in the business of losing money, let alone Vegas. That's not what they're about. I just think these are two evenly matched teams who get it done in extremely different ways. I would say that people are saying that the Eagles are a better team. They're a better team like outside of quarterback and head coach. And tight end. And tight end, sure. And, and I will say this. The three most impactful players, I think, are all in Kansas City. Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones. That's also true. Everyone else, Chiefs have some great players still. I'm not. I'm not. That's, I'm not yeah, throwing no. shade at the Chiefs. My point is, I think the Eagles have done a great job building. You know, AJ Brown would be the number one wide receiver. Devontae Smith might might be the best wide receiver in Kansas City, even above Juju. You look at the running backs, Miles Sanders. He might be number one running back on this team. The offensive line, they're similar but different. How they're constructed, right? Both start with the center position, the interior, and then move their way out. I think the the Eagles secondary and defense overall, more talent overall. They're deeper, right? You look at the defensive line for the Eagles, and they're seven deep. When you have Indomitian Sue and Jordan Davis coming off the bench, you got a, a deep D line. When you have Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat, Hassan Reddick at your disposable at edge, you have a deep defensive line. Not to mention Hargrave and Fletcher Cox. But I think it's a fair point. The Eagles might have the more talented, balanced roster, but the Chiefs have the best quarterback and best head coach. When you have that combination, that might be enough by itself to get it done. Do you think the line is fair right now? If you were betting, Dylan, what would you do? Uh, well, as a fan of the Chiefs, I'm always going to be taking Take it out. Take, take fan yeah, out. Yeah. Just be as... No, I'm just saying that the disclaimer. I get it. Because I'm about to do what I normally don't do, which is I would probably take the Chiefs just because... It just seems like everyone assumes the Eagles. Again, just because of their offensive line. That's what everyone says is, you know, how are the Chiefs going to stop the offensive line? Well, what if we only try and do that and we force Jalen Hurts to try and throw for 500 yards? Yeah. And dare him to. So I think it's a pretty fair line because it could be a shootout. But, and, you know, the Eagles could also, again, they have a better offense and defensive line. Sure. Not by much. Sure. But still better. So, and that—that's what their focus is, which is shortening the game, which is sort of our kryptonite. 
it's strength versus strength. It's the yeah. Chiefs who want to pass, the Eagles who want to run, the pass rush of the Eagles who typically only send four and still led the NFL in sacks by a wide margin, while the Chiefs' offensive line, what, are, what do they do best? Pass block. Right? I mean, I, I would say their best attributes pass blocking, if you, if you look at Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, Joe Tooney, we've seen them run the football in short-yarded situations. We've seen the sack numbers. I know part of that's Mahomes getting the ball out quick and extending plays, and he's very good at not taking sacks. I know people like to put up or pull up the pressure numbers given up by Wiley and Orlando Brown Jr., but also you have to look at the fact that they're going to give a lot more pressures than other tackles considering the fact they throw more than any other team. Look at the percentages. Don't look at the numbers in totality. Don't look at the cumulative numbers. Look at the breakdown of said numbers. But this entire game, it's strength versus strength. That's what I find extremely, extremely fascinating. I know that this has been talked about so much, but just looking at the Eagles' schedule, there is just nothing impressive about it. No, nothing pops out. I, I think they've played some good teams. They've played some good defenses. They've not played a good quarterback. That's what I'm— That's the distinction. Yeah. Like, I, that's what I'm looking at is all these closer, like the— uh, Colts game, obviously. I mean, we lost, but still, I mean, seventeen, sixteen to the Colts, uh, twenty-five to twenty to the Bears. Yeah, you know, and then Packers only beat them by seven. Gave yeah, up 33 but, but to the, 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 the Chiefs barely beat the Broncos. The Chiefs barely beat the Texans. I, I don't like playing that game because a win's a win in the NFL. You can look back and say you dominated a team, but it still only counts as one dub. In the win column. You don't get extra extra wins for blowing teams out. Well, bad teams. Chiefs barely beat a lot of bad teams this year. Let's be transparent. Come on. You got to have some sort of uh, ability to not... The homerism can't come in. Well, I'm saying, like, recently? Sure. Both both squads have, have blown out, what, the same amount of teams? Two? Three? Mm. I I think they're very evenly matched. They do it different ways. To me, the Chiefs, for example, if they get behind, I trust their ability to come back. But also the Eagles are the same situation where if they get up, they're really good at playing with a lead. How often have you had to see Jalen Hurts come from behind this year? This has always been my argument when I come and talk with MVP voters. And like, Eagles. That's kind of my point with these teams. Is there's a, none of these teams like have the ability to jump out on them, and the teams that did. I mean, the Commanders but, did. The, but I can't hold it against them. No. Yeah, that, that's my point. Is I can't hold it against them. We don't know. But also, like, it's not a good place to be tested about something for in the, the first Super time Bowl. In the yeah. Super Bowl. No, I get it, but I, it's tough to hold it against them when they have been so good early in games. Like we've they beaten a to. bunch of different teams, a bunch of different ways. Sure, they, their one glaring missing thing, which they could, you know, add it to their resume, just the same as it could be to their detriment. This could be nothing, but the one thing they're missing is a quality win against a quality quarterback. top five quarterback. Yeah, people like to point to Trevor really Lawrence. Offense. That game was was. I, mean, I don't in see a, a quality monsoon. top five offense on this game. Uh, do you throw the Detroit Lions in there, Week One? 
De- not week one. De- Detroit. Not was, week one. They yeah. weren't the team they were. They were in the second not. Half. They, they beat the Vikings, maybe, but they just fired their offensive coordinator. Yeah, the Cowboys had a good offense. Not when they faced Cooper Rush. Right. No, the argument's fair. I just don't like holding wins against a team because at the same point you're you're sitting here going, well, what were they supposed to do? It can be a question mark, and I won't disagree. But I can't hold it against them. They did what they were supposed to do. If folks want to hold the Chiefs barely beating the Texans or the Broncos over them, I'll just say, okay, but they won. What, is it, what does it show? 14-3, and three, one seed in the AFC. Eagles, same thing. The one game they had a chance to really come back in was that Washington game. The game they lost, Washington did everything in their... Their power to run the ball at a four-yard per carry clip. They ran the clock out. The Eagles had a chance. That was the game that Dallas Goddard got hurt. It was a blatant face mask that was not called. And then Jalen Hurts, in sp- despite of the missed call, that was glaring. And again, Goddard went out on. He had a lot of guys in the hands. Through Quez Watkins. Quez Watkins. Yeah. And that's my question. That That's not a Jalen Hurts situation, but that's an Eagles situation where they did not come back in a game that would have squashed some of these concerns. I mean, is that the only? Uh, I'm trying to find another. I watched a lot of Eagles games this year. I don't see a game here where I'm thinking, oh, I remember that game. That was when the Eagles came back. Like they, It seemed like all these games were either back and forth which mm-hmm. which could easily be what happened in the Super Bowl. Sure. That's definitely a possibility. And 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 they, or they were there. Up and just like rode coasted all the way home. And, and that's been my when I've talked to the Eagles, you know, reporters all that stuff all season long, what they've said has been the same thing. They haven't had a play from behind because they've gotten up early. It's hard to hold that against them. It, it's like what do you want them to do? I understand that argument. They have three running backs who bring something different to the table that get it done. Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell, uh, and Miles Sanders. Jalen Hurts is a great runner in his own right, although with the shoulder. Is he going to be lowering that into guys? We've seen him miss A.J. Brown. I mean, I'd make him. You, you think he wants any of Nick Bolton? I, I don't think he wants to take Nick Bolton Why on. Why would you not go after, if you're going to play the zone, the running back every time? Say, all right, well, Jalen, you're going to, on that shoulder. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's going to be fascinating to see how the Chiefs' defense handles. Yeah. If it was easy to stop them, they wouldn't be in the Super Bowl. 100%. So. And where the Eagles' offense thrives at, quick throws, slants to A.J. Brown, where he can use his body to shield the ball. Dallas Goddard over the middle, which we've we've seen teams take advantage of this linebacking core. But again, we, we did the same thing. At least I did the same thing with Hayden Hurst with, with Cincinnati. They didn't crush us with Hayden Hurst. They didn't crush us with anyone on that team. Chiefs took care of business. I don't know if this Chiefs' young defensive core is growing so fast and we're starting to see the fruits pay off this early or for just a damn good game. The one thing I know about Steve Spagnuolo, he is the, I don't want to say the best, a great defensive coordinator. 
in big-time games. That was when the Chiefs brought him in. Part was because of Bob Sutton, right? But part was also because what did Steve Spagnuolo do well? He showed up in big games. This is a big game. Spagnuolo showed up against the Bengals. He showed up first Super Bowl. He didn't show up against the Buccaneers, but that was a little different story. That was uh, offense was anemic. You're going to give more possessions to the other team. That was a different story. Spags' defenses have shown up in big games. I think they show up again. If you want to look up the season schedule, just even the regular season, when they lost to the Bills, when they lost to the Bengals in the regular season, do you blame the defense? They didn't give up 30-plus points. They gave, what, 27 and 24? To two of the top offenses in the NFL who were at the time rolling. Spags shows up for big games. We don't know what he's going to do, but I know he's going to show up. I want to hit on an Andy Reid quote. I don't know if you saw this one. This was actually a fun one that I enjoyed. Andy Reid on Tyreek Hill. No one is happier for Tyreek than I am. He made a lot of money and gained a lot of yards. Is that Andy Reid taking a little little shot, throwing some shade at Tyreek Hill? I don't think he would do it in a mean way. Well, when you read it like that. Well, how, how do you want me to read it? In an Andy Reid voice where he's probably laughing and joking and being jovial. I think I heard that live. Was that with was that with Michael Irvin? I believe so. Because I didn't really hear it that way, but when you read it now, it definitely sounds that When way. you read it in, in that tense, yeah. it sounds like shade. If you hear it live, it doesn't. But words are words. That's what he said. I take it slightly as rings over yards. Yeah, I don't think the money thing was necessary. That's where I'm when I hear it again. You're like, hey, he had a good year. He had a lot of yards. Like, yeah, saying, did he really said he made a lot of money and had a lot of yards? That's what uh, Jordan Foot, who we love on this show, right? Very reliable. Very reliable. He has it quoted. If I had his Stone Cold music ready, I'd already that'd have been per- it. it would have been perfect. He had it quoted as, no one is happy for Tyreek than I am. He made a lot of money and gained a lot of yards. Yes, I would say that is the money part, for sure. And now knowing what we know about his desire to get every football thrown his way and <laughs> every play called to him, I think both of those are a little bit of shots. All right, Big Red. Yeah. Guess we know what's being said behind closed doors about the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. I love that, too. Did you see some of the fans from the Eagles like, the Chiefs aren't really trash-talking. We have no issue with them. Because the Chiefs... We've given you everything. We gave you Doug Peterson. Yeah, well... well and we kind of gave you Nick Sirianni. We didn't... Yeah, sure. We used to work here. I, I will say this. This makes me laugh, too. They also gave us Andy Reid, so... It, it, fair trade. Good trade, yeah. The Chiefs, though... Their their anger is, I don't want to say their anger, the rivalry is with the Bengals and the Bills at this point. It was like the Chiefs, Bengals, and Bills used all their energy in-house in the AFC, while the Eagles and Chiefs were like, you know what, we have no issues with each other. 
hell, it's it's brothers. It's fun. The storylines are great. These two teams don't hate each other. They just want to win. I kind of like it. It's fun seeing the the Chiefs get the the anger and hate, hatred out against the Bengals. And then the Eagles come up and they're like, you know what? Let's go. We're ready. The city of brotherly love got some real brotherly love going on. And it's a great matchup between food and city combos, right? It's not the, the Bengals with their horrendous chili. It's cheesesteaks and barbecue, two elite food items. That we could maybe combine. I've seen them combine before. Not quite as good as you would think. Well, yeah, you don't need the barbecue sauce. You just need to make sure it's seasoned well enough. Correct. Correct. But I also am not a huge cheese on my barbecue kind of guy. You don't like Z-Man's? Oh, I love a Z-Man. There you go. I I love Throw the an Z- onion ring. I, I get it. My point is it's not my go-to. I got you. I love the Z-Man. Great sandwich. And they did a great job. That's one of the few sandwiches where I'm like, you know what? I, I, can, I can dig this cheese. But... A lot of times I'm a, I'm a purist. Give me my barbecue without cheese. Give me the onion ring on the side. Let me enjoy the meat. So you're inside the box kind of guy. Yeah, I'm inside the box, baby. I really saved you there. Thank you. Yeah, you did. Appreciate it. I'm so disappointed in myself. I thought you were going to click it right there. I really had it. Uh-huh. I just didn't catch it. But I'm also a huge cheesesteak guy. Hell, I, the only two cities I've lived in outside of college, Columbia, Kansas City, Philly. I've been in both places when they won a championship. I celebrated. Didn't riot. Celebrated. When the Eagles won. I drank a beer on, on, at City Hall. But I'm a Chiefs man through and through. There is a great Chiefs bar in Philly called Big Charlie Big Saloon. Big Charlie Saloon. Dude, it's a great spot. I'll tell you what. I love that place. They were very kind. Very nice. When I first moved up there, I didn't know anyone. Wanted to go to watch a Chiefs game. Found a Chiefs bar. Heard about it in South Philly. Great spot. They take care of you up there. But this is a good food matchup. A good city matchup. Good storylines. What do you think? Do you think uh, Mrs. Kelsey should be the one doing the coin flip? She said she'd do it on the New Heights podcast. You think the NFL is going to let Mrs. Kelsey be the coin flipper? Um, let's see how the rest of this week goes and how many times we see the Kelseys. Yeah, because we're we're two days in here. We're two, <laughs> and you're God st- love them, and they you're can starting stay to get a little. Uh, no, no, not at all. I don't want everyone else to. I, hell, yes, for me. For I me, get what you're yeah, saying. Put yeah. Donna Kelsey out there. Hell, make her a referee. But let's don't don't ruin Donna Kelsey national media. Yeah. Please. We love Donna Kelsey here. So just make sure that we get the right amount. And if by the end of the week we haven't killed that story into the ground, let's definitely do it. Which I'm sure we will. Not necessarily exactly. you and me, no, but exactly. but the And again, I overarching again, I am totally fine with it. I just know how everyone else on the internet that isn't a Chiefs fan seems to treat us. They get very upset with our passion. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. We'll say passion. And regularity 
It's success, man. It's success. How often were you irritated when the Patriots, and it was always Tom Brady this, Rob Gronkowski that, it was Bill Belichick. That's all it was. You get irritated. The Chiefs have not the same success Super Bowl winning-wise, but the Chiefs are continuously in the Super Bowl three and four years, the AFC Championship game five years in a row. Other teams, other fan bases get annoyed. That's how it happens. It's funny, too. Like, how many parallels? I know that it's not our third. It could have been our third, technically, if we would have finished the job against Tampa. Sure. But how eerie are the parallels between this and the Eagles-Patriots Super Bowl with young coach on the Eagles and Andy Reid with a not really sought-after young African-American quarterback in Donovan McNabb and Jalen Hurts. Yeah in their first Super Bowls together against a team that's been to two previously and everyone doesn't really enjoy, you know, as everyone's kind of tired of. Yeah. It's kind of, it's very similar, very, very similar uh, to Patriots, Eagles, and 4 Yeah, I, I would agree with that. By the way, I used to love Donovan, Donovan McNabb. Yeah. I loved Andy Reid. So fun fact for you, when I was growing up, Chiefs fan, first and foremost, um, Always, right? I, I'm a KC guy through and through. I love almost everything related to Kansas City. If you if you look at my wardrobe, it's almost all Charlie Hustle, Kansas City stuff. Uh, KC barbecue is is everything. KC man through and through. But for some reason, I always liked McNabb, Andy Reid, and the Eagles. They were always my second favorite team. They weren't going to play each other, which they rarely did, being AFC, NFC. I'm like, you know what? I'll root for the Eagles. I'll have an NFC team. I like the colors. They're different. And again, I liked Andy and McNabb. When Andy Reid got canned, I was still relatively young. I would have been, because he came here in, what, 2013? 2012. It was after that season. First year was 2013, right? Because he cleaned house in 2012. Which, actually, we'll get to the next segment because it's something I want to touch on there. I would have been, what's that, 18? About 18? Relatively young. But when that happened, I go, I want Andy Reid to come to Kansas City. Before I knew anything about him coming, before I was deeply involved in in talking sports, I loved it, but I didn't really have an in. But I kept saying, I want Andy Reid to Kansas City. And when that happened... It was my childhood when I was young, watching McNabb and Andy Reid, watching, obviously, Trent Green, uh, you know, Vermeil, everything in Kansas City coming together. Because Andy to KC was a dream come true for me. And now they have the McNabb quarterback, but just souped up. It's a souped up McNabb. So young me is so thrilled at current me getting to experience Andy Reid on the Chiefs with a McNabb even better with Patrick Mahomes. I, I, I am just, I don't know if you were just stop and think about what it was like growing up because we're similar ages and you think of all the dark years, you think of the tough times, you think of the quarterback carousels, you think of even the good teams, the fun offenses that never amounted to any playoff success. You think of the good teams, the good defenses, that you think, finally, we're getting over the hump in the playoffs, and then they choke it away. This feels different. It is different. 
I don't know. I, I just every, every once in a while look back and just be amazed at what it's like and how, how grateful and how I, will, I don't take this for granted. I thought Kay Adams, when I interviewed her, had a really good takeaway. She goes, don't normalize what Patrick Mahomes is doing. It felt like the national media never normalized it with, with Tom Brady, but it feels like with, with Mahomes, and maybe because the social media is way more prevalent now than early on in Tom Brady's career, right? That could be a, par- a part of it. But don't normalize what Mahomes is doing because it's not normal. Nope. It is a lot of fun. And I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's really rare, and it's a really surreal feeling when you're just in the Super Bowl three times in the last four years. It's incredible. I mean, because we never usually this week is all the Pro Bowl quotes. Oh, you're from you know Jamal Charles and yep. everyone, and oh, it's really cool to see Jamal play with Peyton. That was yep. like that was like the pinnacle of this time of year. For that Chase was fans. it. Now it's like, and then it was oh on Radio Row. I wonder what former Chief might be on Radio Row that we can hear from. Yep. Or it was let's look at the draft. Yeah. Let's take an early look at the NFL draft. We're not doing that. We're looking at a ball game being played. That's what's crazy. Let's take a quick break, come back. Let's talk about the overhaul that happened that led to Andy Reid coming to Kansas City. Home stretch here, ESPN Kansas City. Welcome back to the home stretch where Dylan is playing one of the best songs of all time. Yes, you better believe this is Christopher Cross. If you don't like Christopher Cross, don't know if we can be friends. I am a man who once said I would rather listen to Christopher Cross than the Eagles. I stand behind that that uh, that statement. Especially right now. The Chiefs are playing the Eagles, by the way. Come on now. If you listen to the Eagles right now, that means you hate Kansas City. Be like the dude from Big Lebowski, okay? Be like the dude. Don't listen to the Eagles. <coughs> Let's get into some injury updates before we talk more about the coaching tree, especially in regards to Andy Reid and Nick Sirianni. Andy Reid told reporters that everyone on the Chiefs' active roster is able to practice. So, as you guys know, or may not know, McCall Hardman is officially out, placed on the IR. His season is now over. We've talked about it. I feel horrible for McCall Hardman. This is, should be, I should say, his chance to land a relatively large payday. The injury, not 100% sure how it's going to affect it. Uh, Obviously, he wants to be active, but as far as the on-field performance, I'm not extremely worried about losing McColl. They've been without him for a good chunk of the season. He's a talented player, a useful player, but it feels like the Chiefs have a more talented version in Kadarius Toney. 
Well, Kadarius Tony obviously was injured, but again, Andy Reid telling reporters that everyone on the Chiefs' active roster is able to practice. That means Kadarius Tony going through the ankle. Juju Smith-Schuster is able to practice with the knee. Legereus Sneed passing concussion protocol. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So, let's start with Legereus Sneed first. This is big news. Concussion protocol, that's not up to him. It's not up to us. It's up to the medical staff to clear him. That's big. Him getting cleared on Tuesday, this early, back at practice. It's good. It's good. As good as the Chiefs' young secondary performed against the Bengals, against those elite wide receivers, I will breathe easier having Legereus Sneed back there. The versatility, the talent, veteran leadership, which is wild to say about a young guy like Legereus. But Sneed's been here the longest of any Chiefs player in the secondary. Bringing Legereus Sneed back allows Jalen Watson and Joshua Williams to go back to their timeshare. Maybe it's more Watson, although Williams did and played well in his own right. It allows Trent McDuffie to either go back into the slot, go back in the outside. They can use him in whichever role suits him best. So Legereus Sneed being back at practice eases my concerns a lot in the secondary. Andy Reid agreed that star quarterback Mahomes is not 100% after dealing with an ankle injury. Um, He's not going to be 100% for the game. We know that. No surprise there. But the fact he was able to do what he was able to do against the Bengals was huge. He should be better, but again, still not going to be 100%. After Juju and Kadarius Tony had their injuries that kept them out of practice last week, them being back, massive. Uh, Kadarius Tony, I said it against the Bengals. I'll say it here. They need him. All right, with McColl for sure being out, they need Kadarius Tony. He can beat his man one on one extremely quick. He's a man-beater. Not to be confused with Hall & Oates' man-eater, a man-beater. Kadarius Tony is extremely fast, extremely shifty, and we've seen him in open field. While the Eagles do play a lot of zone defense, they have two extremely talented corners in Darius Slay and James Bradbury. If the Eagles' defensive line, which has been incredible all season long, I don't care. We've we've talked about the arguments for and against the quarterbacks they have played. But they are deep on the defensive line. They go seven deep, and they're all extremely talented. We know the sack numbers. They are gaudy. Set the, I shouldn't say set, but led the NFL in sacks by a wide margin. Mahomes is going to have to get the ball out quick. We know this. And the best way to do that is against a guy who can get the ball out to a man who beats his corner, his dude, early one-on-one. That is Kadarius Tony. 
So him being back at practice is massive. Now, Juju Smith-Schuster, he had the knee injury, was swelling up. He's back at practice after missing last week as well. I'm intrigued by Juju because as a guy who thrives against zone coverage, and like I mentioned, the Eagles play a lot of zone coverage, he could have a big day. Juju Smith-Schuster is not the most athletic guy. He's not the fastest guy, not the highest jumper, not the shiftiest. But he gets open. In a way, it's very Travis Kelsey-esque. He knows where to be, especially in zone coverage. He knows how to beat it. A smart player. Juju being back alleviates some of the pressure off of Travis Kelsey to be that guy. Having someone who can fill that role as well gives Mahomes more options. Keeps the defense on their toes. Just gives him another weapon that he trusts. I am, I am thrilled Judas Smith-Schuster is back at practice. There is your injury update. Obviously, Travis Kelsey in his back spasms able to go against the Bengals. I expect nothing less. Back spasms are a tricky, finicky injury that's never ideal. A back injury in the NFL, no, no, no. We've seen what happens, especially in regards to offensive linemen. Uh, Mitchell Schwartz, just to name one. But sounds like Travis Kelsey will be, obviously, a go in the Super Bowl. Heading to the coaching staff and why I was touching on in the first segment, Andy Reid and his glorious appearance in Kansas City taking over as the head coach after the 2012 season. Nick Sirianni, current head coach of the Eagles, was let go by Andy when that takeover happened. Now, Nick Sirianni wasn't the only guy let go, as we know. It was a overhaul. Andy, front office, they cleaned house. But Nick Sirianni came out and said, not being retained has been a motivating force for him, saying you have a little chip on your shoulder. I think it's interesting it wasn't just Nick Sirianni was let go. It was the whole coaching staff. It's been over 10 years now, over a decade, but he still thinks about that thing. Now, I get it. No one ever wants to be let go. In the NFL, you always want to keep growing, moving on up the ladder, and he was let go. Andy Reid said, no, we're not going to bring you here. But... He was in Kansas City for about three years. Started as an offensive quality control coach in 2009. Worked his way up to a receivers coach. But after that 2-14 and 14 season, gosh, wild to say, after that 2-14 and 14 season, now we're here a decade later in the Super Bowl. David Culley came from Philly to fill that role, which led to Nick Sirianni being ousted. Siri did go on, or Sirianni went on to, to say, 
Andy came in because we weren't good enough in Kansas City. He stepped in, did an unbelievable job. What I appreciated is he brought everyone in and talked to them. But what was Nick Sirianni expecting? You go 2-14. and 14, Wide receivers and offense weren't great. End up getting the first overall draft pick. Yeah. Probably not going to be retained when a new head coach comes in. Following Nick Sirianna's career, he landed a job as a quality control coach with the San Diego Chargers in 2013. And Nick Sirianni was thrilled because in that next season with the Chargers, they beat the Chiefs and it prompted a now familiar victory celebration from Sirianni. Stood in the press box table, waved his arms, pumped his fists. He said he was very emotional because that was just the year after. Sirianni then spent five years in San Diego, mentored by Frank Reich, then hired as the Indianapolis Colts, OC when Reich became the head coach in 2018, which led to Sirianni then getting the Eagles head coaching job in 2021. Now, Nick Sirianni, when he first got the head coaching job in Philadelphia, his his first press conference did not go over well. As someone who was a big believer in Doug Peterson, I, I was just sitting here going, you can Doug Peterson for this guy. Looks like it all worked out. If Andy Reid didn't can Nick Sirianni in 2012 heading into the 2013 season, we might not have Nick Sirianni as the head coach of the Eagles meeting in the Super Bowl, the 57th Super Bowl, head-to-head. Crazy. It is crazy how things work out. How crazy is that, though, Dylan? Seriously. What if Andy never fired Nick Sirianni? Would Nick Sirianni be the OC here in Kansas City? It's possible. I think he would have had like the same path, just maybe expedited. Hmm. It would have been even quicker, you think? Mm-hmm. I could see that. Because he had to go to under Frank Reich, who wasn't even a head coach until 2018. So, being under Andy Reid for all that time, he probably would have been the head coach sure. in the hiring process around that time. How crazy is it, too, that all these successful coaches and front office staff is from Andy Reid's tutelage? So, do you think that that is a motivating factor for Sirianni? Do you think that he thinks, like, oh, he didn't believe in me? Or do you think he, that— When you were uh, in the other room, I uh, I briefly touched on that, and—, and Sirene said he feels like he's a chip on his shoulder. He kind of understands because they went 2-14. and 14. No one was good enough. That was a Romeo Cronell yeah. head coach year. Everyone was, was getting let go, and he brought his own people and brought Coley in as the wide receiver coach because that's what his job was. And then he went to the Col- Colts after San Diego. But. Okay. Just didn't know if that was something to look at, maybe. He 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 said it's it's some motivating factor, but it's also like it's over a decade ago, 
Yeah. He wasn't going to keep you. Let's, let's be real. He wasn't keeping anyone on the 2-14 and 14 yeah, did, coaches. Did Sirianna keep everyone that was on Peterson's staff? Exactly. Yeah. Just how, the, how, it is. how it is in the NFL. You want your own guys. But Howie Roseman was also under Andy Reid. Nick Sirianni was, right? You look at some head coaches in the NFL right now. It's not the Bill Belichick tree that everyone likes to make it out to be. It's the Andy Reid tree that has had more success. And I don't know why we're so quiet to acknowledge this. Everyone loves to always point out Bill Belichick. And then it was Sean McVay, remember? It was if you knew Sean McVay, you were getting a head coaching job. You were becoming an OC. If you changed the paper in Sean McVay's printer. <laughs> you were getting a job yeah. in the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. But this entire time, it's really been Andy Reid. Why does no one acknowledge this? Am I going crazy? Am I taking crazy pills over here? Don't answer that. You can answer it, Dylan. Why don't we give Andy Reid and his coaching staff more credit? I mean, hell. Matt Nagy won Coach of the Year. I get it. He got canned. But dude won Coach of the Year. Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl and is now turning around another malign franchise in Jacksonville. But yet everyone always points to Matt Patricia. I don't get it. Why don't we talk about this? Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott. John Harbaugh. Harbaugh, sorry. I, I, I struggled there. But then you can look at Sean McVay's good. I mean, Kevin O'Connell was pretty solid his first year. But um, we're, we're talking legitimate long-term success. Sean McDermott's had long-term success now with Buffalo. And also, sorry, go ahead. John Harbaugh. Harbaugh. God, I always do that. It's a hard word for me to say, okay? Harbaugh. Harbaugh. It's a hard word for me to say. He's had long-term success. Yeah. And won a Super Bowl. Yep. Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl. Matt Nagy won Coach of the Year. Ron Rivera, I don't know how much you give under uh, won an a- NFC Championship. Andy Reid. I don't know if you necessarily, because he was, they weren't together long. It was like a, a crossing of paths almost with Ron Rivera and Andy mm. Reid. But I, I just don't get it, I guess. I, I don't understand how no one gives Andy Reid's coaching tree more credit. And Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan don't have a tree. It's Mike Shanahan. Mm. And I guess you could say the same thing for Bill Walsh, but that doesn't that's not the same at sure. all. It's, not the, it's same. not the same at all. Not the same. Because all those guys coached under Shanahan before like you had that picture of all of them under the uh, commanders <laughs> Fo- Washington football team. Washington football team. Football yeah. Team. Sorry, I'm yeah. Not, I, Jeez, thanks for reminding me of where I came from. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Washington football team, and they're on the sideline, and they all have the, you know, they're all assistants. Yeah. And LaFleur yeah. being one of them. So uh, that's more of a Shanahan tree. Yeah. I'm older, Mike. Yeah. So. I just think Andy Reid needs more credit for the success that has happened underneath him. Yeah. Well, maybe Belichick means needs a little less. All I'm going to say. Come on. I mean. People always point to, let's say, Mike Vrabel. And not, it's Mike. kind of the Parcells way because Parcells, both of the most successful assistants, well, three, 
most successful people didn't really have anyone that splintered off. Yeah. Tom Coughlin didn't have anyone. Mm-hmm. He's all Spags head coaching tenure. It wasn't very good. No. Uh, Sean, Sean Payton. Yeah. I haven't seen anyone leave his. I mean, we saw Dennis Allen this yeah. year. Wasn't good. Wasn't good. Belichick, we've seen, I mean, get the list out. Of, if everyone, cause that like, w- it looks like the Browns quarterback <laughs> jersey. Everyone gets a year or two, and then it's 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 gone. And then you come back, or either get a job. Well, no, as they go OC in there and they try and act like Bill Belichick, and they're not. Joe Judge, it doesn't work. What was he having them do? Like push-ups? Or oh, it was some uh, silly laps. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, give Andy Reid credit. That's all I'm saying. Let's take a quick break. Come back. Home stretch here. ESPN Kansas City. Welcome back to the home stretch, ESPN, Kansas City, 1510 AM, 94.5 FM. Do I go to see the band Bush tonight? Dylan's shaking his head no. I'm considering going, but no one wants to go with me. Everyone I've asked has basically just been like, oh yeah, I know a couple songs by them, they're fine. The only reason you might go is because it kind of sounds like Rush. And you might mistakenly go. What if I I could wear a Rush shirt? Okay, now hear me out. You just gave me a good idea. Dylan, I'm going to wear a Rush shirt and say, I thought this was Rush. Or should I pretend it's a Rush cover band? Well, those are the only two reasons you Uh, might go. I like the song Little Things and Glycerin and Come Down. What? Why'd you give me a look over there? Four songs. Uh, yeah, Machine I've Head? Of, I've never heard you of, of Machine of Head. No. The album 16 Stone. I want someone to either tell me yes or no. Everyone's like, I don't know. You, you could I go. I said no. Ah, uh, you said no. You're right. Gosh. Did I watch the Mizzou game tonight? Mizzou, as they play a uh, real good team. South Carolina, who's 8 and 15, who's just. Their cheeks, man. South Carolina's real bad at, at basketball this year. So Mizzou should win easily, which means they're going to make this way harder than it should be, and I'm going to be sweating. That's how we are as Kansas fans. We know. We no! Know no! Oh, Dylan, we have like 40 seconds left. I understand. You cannot say that. 30, actually. KU fans always do this. KU fans are like, oh, we're so bad. It's always a struggle. It's a sweat as you end up as the one seed in the, in the NCAA tournament. It pisses me off, okay? Don't do that to me. You have no idea what it's like being a Mizzou fan. It's hard at the top, man. Yeah, it is. I'm not disagreeing with you. It's hard being a Mizzou fan. Toughest struggles. We're back live in studio tomorrow at 3 to 4 p.m. Until then, we are out.